Hey guys, hope you're having a great day today. Um, really excited. Um, today is going to be the launch of season two of the Prosperity League, and you know, with with our main focus, you know, being about raising money for charity and giving back this season, it's really, really got me excited, man. I'm just really stoked about this, you know. If you've been following TE5, you know, we we uh, partnered with Ladies to Die For last month in November, and we uh, held a tournament with them, um, which only had about five teams in it. It was all ladies, but uh, but we raised $1,100, you know, Psycho commentated, uh, casted the event. Uh, it was a great success. Uh, I was really, really happy that uh, we were able to, to do that in, in, in just four hours of, of the event in such a, a short period of time, and it, you know, it made a big impact on a lot of folks. So, uh, this is, the, you know, today's event really has me excited. You know, we're going to be trying to raise money for Operation Christmas Child. I think we've got up to seven teams confirmed so far for the launch of Season 2, uh, which, you know, it's the first event, uh, just like Season 1 was, um, you know, a few months ago. Um, you know, we had a you know, smaller pool of teams to begin with, but then every single event, you know, we started to get new folks that became interested. So, you know, hopefully we'll continue to grow with more teams. Um, but nonetheless, uh, we're definitely going to we're gonna make the most of, of what we've got in this opportunity. So real excited about that. Uh, but, you know, that's not necessarily what I wanted to talk about today in this episode. I kind of wanted to uh, just share with you guys a little bit about TE5's event philosophy, kind of the way I like to, uh, you know, how I like to run my events, how I want my events to go um, as I'm, you know, setting them up, hosting them and stuff. Uh, and in particular, I want to talk about our leagues just because, you know, we obviously we got the Prosperity League, which is, you know, launching tonight uh, or this afternoon. And we do have the upcoming TE5's 2v2 Competitive League, uh, which will be a money cash league uh, that's going to that's set the start January 18th of 2020, so uh, next month, uh, beginning of the new year. And, you know, I've had some folks that have, you know, questioned certain things that I like to do in terms of how I structure my leagues and the format. So I kind of just want to take a little bit to explain uh, to everyone uh, exactly what it is that we do uh, with all any of our events that we host and put on. Uh, obviously, tailor uh, to specific questions regarding our leagues um, and, and exactly why we do what we do so you guys have a full understanding of that. So really to, to, to get things started off guys I mean with any event that we put on league tournament you name it our number one goal is optimizing and, and getting the best possible player experience we can you know striving to be you know just to have the, the best overall experience for for our participants you know and for our audience as well uh, you know that's that, and that should be any league, any any uh, esport event provider's goal is probably that overall. You know that's the overarching goal. You know, but there's a lot of different steps and different objectives on how you get to uh, to that overall goal. You know, so uh, uh, understanding that we're prioritizing the experience of the player 
you know, what are some of the, the key points that we, we want to focus on with our events? Well, you know, one of them being that, you know, which this one's pretty obvious, you know, we want them to be entertaining. We want them to be, you know, competitive, captivating, you know, suspenseful. You know, we want to be able to evoke those type of emotions, uh, you know, from our players and the audience. You know, I think in uh, season one of the Prosperity League, we, we did a really good job of doing that. You know, TE5's hosted leagues for many, many years and on different games, Battlefield and uh, you name it. And, you know, I, I think for the most part, we've always kind of were able to, to bring that element. So that's obviously our uh, one of our key focuses. The other focus is time efficiency. Okay, Really, if you want to just sum it up in one word, you could say efficiency. Uh, we want to really be efficient uh, with our events. Uh, we don't want to, you know, waste time. Uh, we definitely want to get the most out of the time that we're, uh, you know, trying to allot for our events. You know, I think one of the the big problems with a lot of today's league and event providers is uh, the lack of attention uh, to really ensuring that your play that the people in your league or your tournament whatever that you're really respecting their time and I think a lot of folks uh, that are organizing and running these events are that's probably one of the 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 worst things I've seen so far you know not just from uh, events that I've witnessed from the outside perspective uh, but I've also you know had teams you know I've funded teams to play in leagues here recently and even in the past uh, and that's always been one of the, the the major issues is I think event providers really not um, putting as much emphasis on the efficiency of their events you know uh, one of the things that I know a lot of leagues like to do is uh, they'll set it up you know every week you have a schedule you're set to play so many teams and you know you basically just you know, it's up to the teams to schedule their own matches, and they have a deadline in which they have to play their matches. Usually, you know, you have a full week, most of them at least, that I've seen. Uh, and if you don't play those matches within that week, then, you know, it, depending on proof of screenshots and messages and DMs, if somebody's a no-show, whatever, then they're going to forfeit. Um, which is a pretty simple like setup, which it's that's not complicating. But you know, I think a lot of the issues that I see with players becoming disinterested and kind of losing that that uh, that thrilling suspense or whatever you want to call it that that uh, desire to stay in that league is you know a lot of times you know when you leave it up to teams. To schedule their own matches, you know, you're, I mean, and you've got a handful of different types of teams, different age groups and players, you know, and it, it, one of the worst things that I've, you know, you, you could really have happen is, you know, one team that, you know, obviously it's grown adults, whatever, and, you know, there's a, you know, they're communicating with this other team, which is probably a bunch of, you know, 17, 16 year olds, however you want to look at it, and these different age groups. And, you know, you got this adult team that's, you know, scheduled this match supposedly with this younger team. And, you know, they've all had to, you know, call off for work, or they said they were going to leave early or take a, a, a late, you know, come in late because of whatever because of this event and, and, and this game that they've set up in this league 
And one of the worst things that I've witnessed many, many times is obviously, you know, and, and I'm not just being subjective to young. I mean, adult players and teams do this too, you know. They they ghost and they ditch on, on scheduled matches and, and whatnot. And then it just, you know, but I'm using the, the kid to adult as a comparison just for simplicity here. You know, but these kids, you know, they're obviously – you know, they don't take stuff as serious and, you know, they'll flake in a heartbeat. And next thing you know, you know, you got these, these grown, these grownups here that, you know, obviously are trying to, you know, play and play competitively because they want to, but, you know, they're getting screwed over because they just went through all these hoops just to, to play a match, which, you know, obviously, you know, the other team flaked out on and they weren't going to play it. And that really just, you know, not that that, you know, happening one time is going to make somebody quit a league because it's not, but it really just deters the, uh, you know, the overall player experience, you know, and this happens so many in so many leagues that I see. And this is a big reason why I think a lot of players, you know, towards the mid to the end of these leagues that that are being put on for games like COD and, and other games, you know, just and we're talking amateur stuff, guys, not professional, but um you know, but this is a big reason why a lot of players just end up falling off. A lot of teams disappear, you know, and a big reason of that is because, you know, they're going to sit there and say, well, people don't take it serious because, you know, they, they try to schedule matches and other teams won't respond. And then the ones that do respond and say they're going to play on this day and this time end up flaking out last minute, you know, and, and that's that's a big problem. And I think, you know, if you're an online esports competitive event provider, or hell, well, online specifically. Let's just put, we're not going to talk about lands and all that. We're just talking about online, which is the predominant. You know, then you guys need to be taking that into consideration. I mean, that's, that's that's a big deterrent, you know. I mean, it's a shame to see most of these online leagues where, you know, by the time it's the end of the season, you've only got the top five teams left out of a 20-something team league. You know, I've seen it happen when we were playing in the Hellbound League. And it's not, you know, the Hellbound staff was great. It's not nothing that, like, they necessarily did wrong. It's just the fact of, of how they structured the league, you know. And that's not just them. That's that's a lot of online leagues, you know. Uh, and, you, and you also know you're going to have those teams that, you know, they, they quit after the first loss or two, you know, so you got to account for that as well. So that's just one of the, the issues I see with the traditional league structure, and that's a big reason why we don't currently do that. Okay, We've done that in the past, and I'm not a fan of the week-to-week schedule and, you know, let the team set up their own matches and stuff like that. Like, I'm just not because I can't control the quality of that experience. I can't control the experience from that perspective, okay? One thing you guys are going to really get to understand about me when it comes to events is I want to have absolute control over the player experience. You know why? Because if I have control over the player experience, that's going to give me the best the best odds, the best probability that I'm going to be able to deliver the player experience that I want to, which is obviously one that exceeds expectations, okay? And you can't do that if you don't have control, okay? And and you know, obviously time and when to be at a particular match or an event has a big part to do that to do with that 
So that's kind of one, I guess, one of my little case studies there. So obviously, you know, efficiency with time, okay? Time is, is very, very important. Um, obviously, setting expectations up front uh, with our rules and stuff, you know, we're not, you know, we're not going to obviously change rules and do things like that mid-event. You know, we're always going to hold the integrity to what we've done. Now, that doesn't mean that if we need to make a swift change uh, after an event's over for the next event that we won't do that because we obviously will. Um, if we see uh, an apparent issue with something that we've already set in place, and we're very flexible with that, I think that's very important as well to be flexible, which I, I think a lot of folks are, a lot of organizers, uh, event providers are. But, but nonetheless, um, you know, like I said, guys, with our events and our leagues, and let's just kind of talk leagues specifically. One of the big questions that I get asked is, you know, why don't we do what I just explained, the week-to-week, you know, league schedule, and why do we just do a bunch of tournaments and we put them together and call it a league? You know, the reason we do that is because tournaments, guys, this goes back to everything I just said, a tournament is a one-day event. You know, I mean, I guess if it's that big it could be a multiple day event but you know we try to keep it a one day event you know we want a one day event where we've you know clearly communicated when and you know what time and and the day of the event that we can best possibly to give for everybody to be in attendance okay that's participating it's not it's not perfect okay i mean there's sometimes guys can't make a saturday we always want to play saturday saturday just universally seems to be the best day to host an event and it's kind of what we've always done so and we're continuing to do that but uh, you know, a tournament is a one-day event, okay, and it's, you, you know, it, it just depends on the size of the tournament, but usually our average tournament time is about three to four hours, okay, give or take, um, but the thing is, is, you know, I can be present for that day, any of my staff or whoever's, you know, working the event with me can be, pre- or for me, could be present for that period of time to ensure that we can control the quality of the experience. And that's another thing with our events. When you play in a T5 league, as I just said, it's, it's, it's basically a handful of tournaments that are all interconnected through a point system or some way in which it leads to an ultimate, you know, a championship or, you know, a playoff, however you want to look at it. Um, You know, but the thing is, is that we are always present. This is another very, very important thing to understand. T5 is always present when we run an event. We are never, like I said, this goes back to the whole week-to-week league thing, you know, I can't be present every time if we were to do that week-to-week format. Uh, every time somebody sh- you know sets up a random match on a Tuesday at 7 p.m., hell, I got to work, you know, and that's a lot of folks, you know. You go in some of these leagues that do that, you know, there's nobody present for the 90% of the league, you know. Every, you know, it's it's all on the teams and stuff, and like I said, that's just it, – it's very hard to control the player experience. Um when you, when you, the, the, or somebody that's working directly for the event provider, the organizer is not present during, you know, the time that the players are in your event, you know, uh, and that's a big reason why we like to do tournaments, you know, because obviously I'm, I can't be available like that, nor would I expect anybody, you know, any of my current folks that are, 
you know, which when we say staff guys, these are volunteer folks, you know, these, and that's for anybody at these AM organizers that say they have staff. You got people that are volunteering, okay, uh, their time, but the fact that I don't, I wouldn't expect any of my uh, the people that are helping, helping me, helping the league to be available, you know, twenty four seven all week, you know. But if we say, hey, on this this Saturday or this Saturday, this Saturday, there's going to be an event. It's a lot easier for folks to plan around that. It gives our, you know, not just the the folks volunteering to help us, uh, but it also helps the players, you know, going back to that original scenario I gave you guys, you know, when you got this team of, you know, guys that all have jobs or gals uh, and, and they have, or they got families, kids, and they have to plan shit, you know, if you give them an exact day and time, They'll know, hey, all right, this is the day it's going to happen. I know it's happening for sure. So if they got to make whatever arrangements they got to make, then they can do that. And, 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 and it works out, you know. So uh, that's a big reason why we like to do, you know, tournaments for our leagues over, you know, just your general league play week to week. Okay. And, and, guys, and that's really the big one because, uh, like I said, guys, tournament – and plus with tournaments as well, the fact that we're present, we're able to obviously address issues immediately. You know, that's another reason, another thing I've, I've – a flaw I've, I've noticed with a lot of leagues that are uh, – that do the week-to-week format is, you know, a lot of questions and issues may not get resolved for a period of time just because, like I said, the provider, the the host, the actual people in, in charge of the league, you know, are not present. They're not present at the time that something is going down, that there's an actual event happening. But during a tournament, while we're present, you know, any issues that pop up, anything that, you know, disputes, things of that sort can be handled out immediately, okay? Um, so that that's really the, the thing with tournaments, guys, is it's it's a you can basically get all of your competitive activities done in a in a specific time frame where everything is very focused. It's and, and it's tailored to ensure that uh, the players can get in, they can compete. Uh, we get them in, we, we get them out in a timely manner, you know. And that's another thing, too, guys, when it comes to timing for your events. And the, the worst, the, the most common thing is folks are, uh, you know, going way too long uh, where players and, and your stream audience starts to become disinterested after so long. But, you know, you don't want to obviously have it too short either. I mean, you want to make sure that your players are getting that experience in the tournament but at the same time you know you don't want it dragging to the point where you know it's like they're dreading continuing to play because that's that's hurting your experience and that's going to obviously hurt your retention uh for keeping players in your leagues and attracting new ones because they're not going to talk about it guys i mean this is what i'm saying player experience is everything because at the end of the day you know Players, more players are going to come into your events. Word of mouth, guys. I don't care what anybody else says. They can, you know, you can sit there and, you know, throw $5,000 up and, you know, you can do this, you can offer that. But I'm telling you right now, 
you're not going to grow as an event provider if you are not getting word of mouth referral. If other players are not talking about how fun, how much fun, how enjoyable, how professional, or whatever the case is of your events, that is the number one way, that is the only way you are truly going to grow and you're going to sustain it, guys. It is word of mouth. It is complete brand and it is the experience. And that is why we take it so seriously to ensure that we are always present when competitive activities are occurring and the way we can do that is by you know structuring our leagues to where uh, you want you play in a, in a handful of tournaments that are all interconnected and make up a league okay you know we did this for the prosperity league season one okay we started I'm pretty sure we, it was a three-month league we ran six events six tournaments five of which were league play uh, which were what we considered league play tournaments, open tournaments, which all had a point system that connected them all. And then we had a championship, which was our sixth and final tournament. I think it was, we started in July, ended in August. I'm pretty sure that's how it went. Um, or it might have been September. But, but nonetheless, um, that like I said, guys, I wanted to make sure I addressed that so you guys understand, you know, YT5 sets up our leagues and sets up everything in that format it's a handful of tournaments which you know are going to be interconnected and it leads to a you know a championship okay so um you know but like i said guys that's that's our way of doing things i mean it's not that anything's wrong and it's not that there aren't leagues that are doing just fine you know with the week-to-week league play you know obviously the hellbound league and i know i brought them up if anybody from hellbound's listening i mean i thoroughly t5 from from your last season on black ops 4 i I enjoyed the experience i thought it was very professional i even referred them um i I I sent a tweet out you know it's a it's a great league um obviously it was you know a shame to see a lot of the you know the majority a lot of the you know, half the, basically half the teams leave. And, you know, I, a lot of them leave because of the things that I just brought up, but, you know, towards the, the mid, the end of the season. But I mean, you know, um, they're doing just fine. And we have the Houston Flyers, our Houston Flyers Ross, uh, online team that, you know, they've put in the SIS and then put together, they're going to be competing in the Hellbound. Uh, for this next online season, so you know it's definitely a good league. So, but I was just bringing them up as an example. Um, but nonetheless, guys, uh, that's going to do it for me today. Um, I just want to see if there's anything else I wanted to bring up uh, outside of that. You know, talked about obviously prosperity leagues today. Our two v two competitive leagues coming up, guys. We do. Uh, for those of you following us, you've seen all the club teams we've announced so far. We have 11 teams. We haven't yet announced Chicago or Indianapolis yet, which was from our original 11. I think the only two left from our original 11 that we have not announced yet, uh, but we are going to be announcing very soon, so really excited about that. And we're going to be uh, releasing five new uh, club teams in different cities across the country um, because we want to I, I think you know I felt like 16 was you know I mean 11 was cool but I think 16 for uh, for the for just the building out the infrastructure for our our, our league and our formats is really just a, a really solid number for us to, to start with 
Um, so we're going to expand it to 16 and then we're going to kind of just run with it from there. Uh, so obviously I already know the five new cities that we're going to uh, expand into, which are going to be our own club teams in those cities. And just, I guess for, you know, I'm, I'm going to do another episode a little bit later about kind of what to ex- you know, a little bit more about what to expect from us in 2020. Uh, but the number one thing I'm just going to tell you guys right now is we are focused on our events. Uh, for the first time ever uh, in TE5's history, you know, we've, we've always kind of been split across having our own competitive teams to compete in other people's, you know, leagues, tournaments, events, and, and also running our own events and having a community. We've always had this three-pronged approach, um, you know, running our own gaming community, kind of just your, your puppy fun player base and stuff. You know, we've always had that three-pronged approach uh, for many, many years, but this is going to be the first year that we are basically uh, doing away with two of those uh, factions, and we are going to be 100% focused on our own events, our own infrastructure. You know, we're not going to be raising competitive teams to send to anybody's lands or, uh, you know, put in anybody's uh, leagues at this point. I just don't see, you know, I, I have so much experience in that field of area, and, and there's just, at the end of the day, there's just real no return on and, and, return on investment with that other than you know you can look cool on twitter and it's a big headache at the end of the day uh by you know having your own competitive teams because i've done it for many many years on many different things i just don't see the value in it at this point um and at the same time you know a community is yeah that's kind of been the same thing you know doing your your our, our team night game nights you know we you know there was a stretch in 2018 uh where you know i was forking out money every month for a point system and prizes for people to participate and that just that wasn't worth it you know at least i, I did it i can say i tried it uh but i definitely know that's not what i'm looking for but i can tell you this uh, we are looking to become the premier platform uh, in amateur esports across multiple titles. Not just, you know, Call of Duty obviously is a big one for us, but uh, I'm definitely getting us into NBA 2K. I can tell you that right now. Uh, if anybody listening wants to be in the 2K scene, I really believe that the 2K amateur scene is the fastest growing esport uh, am scene right now. Uh, it's, it's not the biggest, but it's, it's growing. Uh, it's rapidly growing. Um, and there's only a couple leagues right now that are pretty serious about it, and they've got a huge player base. So we're going to really tap into that. Uh, I'm a big 2K fan, so it's going to be pretty easy for me to implement that. But I can tell you right now, Call of Duty and NBA 2K are going to be heavy, heavy, um, heavy titles in 2020 for TE5. Uh, Rocket League is another one I'm really serious about getting into just because it's a it's a game that is very relatable and you know to, to really any market in the United States I mean I can host lands in just about any any city any small town and I'm gonna get turnout for uh, for Rocket League I just think it's a good play to make but I can tell you right now uh, really like serious serious like Call of Duty NBA 2K 
and um, and Rocket League are probably the uh, the main focal points for us this year. I think you know we're also you know as as we're looking for to partner with Land uh, Land uh, Land Centers, uh, we're gonna be even you know really experimenting with really getting our games on the PC platform uh, where in which players which we can kind of expand a little bit on our player base where uh, for example if we want to host a Call of Duty or an NBA LAN you know a 5v5 or a 2v2 you know obviously in COD you know it's it's PlayStation that's the official con console which you know I think this this year is the final year for Sony's contract so I have a feeling it's going to go to PC uh, next year for the CDL but nonetheless you know if instead of having a bunch of PlayStations you know I can put it on PC and then you know we can promote it and say hey you know if players want to bring their Xbox controller or their PlayStation whatever they prefer on then they can come and they can hook it up and play you know um, but I think incorporating PCs really is going to be important for us. It's going to just bring flexibility uh, to our to the players that we're going to try to market to. Um, which you know, for us guys, we're really focused. I, I'm really focused on hitting rural America. Uh, I think that's a, a huge, huge, huge untapped market right now uh, that is just a bunch of gamers that are just dying to have something that they can go to and play for, play with. Uh, obviously, the big cities are, are getting all the attention right now, but rural America is completely untapped. And I mean, I can argue and say there's just as many gamers in, in the country in rural areas as there are in the big cities. Uh, it's 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 insane, you know. Even places like Montana, I mean, we got gamers in Montana that are would would be dying at the bits to have something out there, you know. Um, so you know that's that's going to be a big focal point for us in 2020. Obviously, the land push, you know. We, you know, obviously uh, online events are, you know, they're, they're fun. There's always, you know, and I'm sure that we're always going to have an online component. Uh, to what we do with our event strategy, but I can tell you this, our main, main priority is going to be about getting our lands uh, going. Um, you know, this this whole year of 2020, you can pretty much say uh, it's going to be chalked up to T5s uh, on tour, uh, and, and, you know, we're going to be promoting our, our club team brands and the cities that we're going to be in, which are primarily big cities, but what we're going to do with our our city club teams is we're going to take them into the rural areas in those in those states. Um, we're not just going to be in the cities. Uh, we're going to start in the cities, but we're going to expand out. And we're going to go rural, uh, and we're going to cr- you know build that that player base of just those homebrew gamers. You know, uh, I'm like you know I'm not looking like if I'm, I'm going to use Call of Duty for this example. You know, I don't I'm not really going to try to market towards you know putting events on for the hardcore competitive amped players. You know, the circuit players that float around from all these you know, uh, upper tier amateur teams that fund, you know, send them all this money to go to this shit that are all trying to become pro. I'm not necessarily looking to market to them. If those players want to come to our events, that's great. But I'm looking for that, uh, you know, Joe Schmo that, you know, works, uh, he works eight hours or a 10 hour you know, job, but you know, he, he wants to compete and just, you know, obviously do the best he can, uh, in, in, in call of duty or any game. And I want to be able to bring an event to them. I want to be able to to bring that that 
gaming experience that, you know, obviously, you know, lands or, or things that uh, most gamers have never experienced or don't get to experience just due to the distance, the, the logistics of having enough money, things of that sort, uh, to get there with the team. So, you know, we want to really localize our player bases in each of these areas, uh, you know, and, and eventually, you know, as this develops, you know, over the course of the next few years and we, we, we start uh, unveiling our actual uh, player, our, our own circuits and stuff, you know, it will elevate, obviously, uh, with players that, you know, want to fund to travel to bigger and bigger events. But the big thing is, guys, is that the reason we have all these club teams is because those are the teams that are going to make up our circuits. That's, you know, eventually. Like, that is what we are we are growing towards. You know, it's going to be T5 events. You have to be, you know, on a team that's in our league, you know, that that's owned by the T5 gaming group, by any of our subsidiaries, you know. Those are going to be our official teams, uh, and we're looking for players, guys. So, you know, that's, that's – um, you know, a good bit of what to look for in 2020. Obviously, as I said, uh, you know, I will be doing another episode at some point before the new year, just kind of reflecting on this year and so forth, but not probably mention a lot of this again. Uh, but nonetheless, I uh, hope you guys have a great day today. Take care, and I'll see you guys later.